Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you love some biblical outlook and perspective on. The number to call with your Bible questions and your prayer requests, we want to pray for you as well. So if you have something going on in your life that we can pray for you for, give us a call. All the people who are tuning in in their cars, over the internet, different places, they're able to hear your prayer requests and just be praying for you as well. So you get prayed for by all these people, and we all get to say yes and amen together uh, as listeners of this show. So call in with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. That's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming here on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing the show live today. Today is Friday. May 7th, this weekend, for those of you who are listening live, is Mother's Day. So hope you are ready and prepared for that. And we also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and up into Kentucky. Welcome to the program, those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM. So glad to have you with us. And we just want to give you a heads up that those of you who listen on Hope FM and Truth FM, so that's the East Coast and the area around Tennessee and North Carolina, Kentucky, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. So we just want you to know about that. We want you to keep it in mind. But we don't want for that to prevent you from calling in and being part of the show because we we so want to hear from you. We want to pray for your prayer requests. We want to hear your great Bible questions that are going to spur us all on to studying the Word and, and seeking the Lord so give us a call, and we just want you to know that you're on a one-week delay, but you know what? That gives you guys out there a unique opportunity, those of you who are listening on the East Coast in Appalachia, that you get to call in, be part of the show, and then you know that your episode that you're on is going to air on your local station one week from when you called. And what that does, it means that uh, you will be able to you know, tell some friends, tell some family members. Maybe they don't usually listen to Christian radio, and they, they don't they haven't uh, had the experience with listening to Bible studies on, on the radio that's changed their lives in the same way it has yours. And so you're going to tell them, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at this time and this at this station, and they, that'll give them the, the opportunity to tune in and listen. And maybe that'll be the beginning of them you know, making that a preset on their radio in their car. Maybe it'll be something where they start listening and God starts using that to change their life. We, we get reports all the time about how God is using this show and all the other great Bible teaching programs on our stations to really affect people and change their lives, change their hearts and their minds. And so even if you're listening on Grace FM, if you're listening online, would you do us a 
well, not just us a favor. Would you do your friends a favor? Would you help spread the word about Grace FM, about Calvary Live, about your local station, Hope FM or Truth FM in your local area, so that more and more people can be tuning in, hearing the Bible taught, because we believe that God's word, as the Bible says, is living and active, and that it accomplishes that for which God sends it out. And so we would love to uh, have you spread the word about it. We also want to greet those of you who are listening online. You're also hearing the show live today. So welcome to those of you who are listening online. I just got a map a few minutes ago of where everybody was tuning in from uh, who was there at the beginning of the show. So it looks like we have a lot of listeners up and down the West Coast of the United States, some listeners in New Mexico, looks like El Paso, Texas representing. And we've got some listeners, a lot of listeners up and down the Front Range, as well as in the Midwest and in North Texas. So greetings to all of you. We have a lit- listeners in Italy today and in New York City. So welcome to those of you. If you guys haven't yet done so, I really encourage you, go get the Grace FM app. If you get the Grace FM app, you'll be able to like these listeners who are tuning in all over the world, how do they do that? Well, if you're outside of our broadcast range, you can tune in anywhere, um, not only in the United States, but anywhere in the world through the app. And it's a totally free app. Just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, in your search bar of your App Store or Google Play Store. And you can get that app, download it, put it on your device, and then you can listen uh, to this show and to all of the other great Bible teaching on Grace FM anywhere in the world. So if you haven't yet done so, go ahead and do that. You'll never miss a show. You can also subscribe to the um, Calvary Live podcast. This is something I do. And podcasts, you know, more and more popular. So if you haven't yet done so, you can listen to the Calvary Live podcast. They get updated once a week, and they just put all the episodes from that previous week. They go live, I think it's on Saturday or Sunday every week. And so if you missed an episode or you wanted to re-listen to an episode, make sure that you get the Calvary Live podcast podcast in your favorite podcast app, and uh, that way you're able to keep up. Well, just a few words about myself. We've got all full lines right now, so I want to hurry up and get to our callers, but just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city, and uh, I've been the pastor here for nine years, and God's really doing a work. We we had a, today we had our quarterly review um of our church, you know, with our elders and directors and just praising the Lord for the great things that he's been doing in our fellowship. And we'd love for you to be part of it. You know, um, we moved into our own building about a year ago and now we're, we're even starting to grow and, and wondering what's the next step for us in that, you know, how do we expand and things like that. So we're really excited about what God's doing. We'd love for you to be a part of it. And so I'd like to just personally invite you to join us this Sunday. Um, you can join us in person or you can join us online. So if you are if you are within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love to have you just come out and join us in person. We have three in-person services every Sunday, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Every Sunday, we have children's ministry. We call it Next Gen at the 9.30 and 11 a.m. services. And so you have to pre-register for that. You can do that easily on our website. We just need to make sure we have enough room and enough teachers for all the kids. So you can do that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com whitefieldschurch.com. So those are in-person services, 8, 9.30, and 11. We're located at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, which is on the east side of town. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. 80504 is our zip code. And we are right in between I-25 and County Line Road, just east of the city center of Longmont. And so 
That may, means that we're really conveniently located for people who are coming from outside of Longmont. We have uh, people who come to our church from from Boulder, from from Lyons, from Erie and Lafayette, from Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono. Um, I think I mentioned Lyons, Niwot, and of course from Longmont as well. And so if you're in any of those communities or even, even a little further out, like into Thornton or into Loveland, we have a lot of people who come from those areas as well. And because we're located close to I-25 and close to County Line Road, it's really easy to get here. We're actually really right on Highway 119, which is the main highway uh, into Longmont from the interstate. And so we'd love to have you come and visit with us and worship with us this Sunday. We're going to be looking, we've been looking at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus in the Gospels in what we call Easter Tide, this time after Easter leading up to Pentecost. And so last Sunday we looked at, um, we looked at Doubting Thomas. Well, this Sunday we're going to be looking at the Great Commission. And we're going to see how that actually ties in really well with Mother's Day. And, and I can't wait to tell you guys about that. And I'll tell you maybe a little bit more if, after we get through some of these callers as well, if we have a, a free moment. But I'm going to show you how the Great Commission ties in with Mother's Day and how it's actually really good news for us and for the world. And so we'd love for you to join us uh, this Sunday. We're doing a special thing for Mother's Day. So if you're looking for a place to... Uh, worship with your mom. Maybe you are a mom and you're like, where can I get my kids? My kids never want to go to church with me. Where can I get them to go with me this Sunday? Come on out and worship with us at Whitefields if you're in our area of the state. And if you are um, uh, a kid or a child, right, and you've got a mom and you say, I want to take my mom to church so she can hear about Jesus for Mother's Day, we would love to have you join us as well. And what we're doing is there's a company based in Boulder just down the road from us, and they have a, a food truck. It's called the Sweet Cow Ice Cream Truck. So we reserved them. They're going to be in our parking lot, and we're going to give every lady. You don't have to be a mom. like You don't have to like produce a child for us to give you a coupon. But uh, every lady who comes to church this Sunday, we're going to give you a coupon for a free ice cream. Men, you can buy your own ice cream. You'll be okay. And uh, ladies, uh, you know, bring your mom, bring your kids, come out for an ice cream and to hear the gospel. It's going to be a great time of celebrating mothers, but but more importantly, as a community of people celebrating the gospel and worshiping Jesus and studying his word. So that'll be this Sunday, uh, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. You can also join us online if you are maybe not in our local area or not ready to join church in person yet. You can join us online. We have two online services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. So 9.30 and 11, they're available on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, as well as on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. You can just find that by Googling us. It should be super easy to find. But again, visit our website for directions, information, etc. whitefieldschurch.com. Well, let's go to our first caller here, Riney in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Riney. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi. How are you doing? No, I'm 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 doing good. How are okay. you? Okay, I'm doing great. What can I do for you? Oh, I, I was just uh, putting in a prayer request for me and my family. Great. What's the prayer request? What can I pray for you for? Uh, I just want to. Uh, I'm asking to pray for like strength in our family and for my daughter. She's uh, she has cerebral palsy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray for you right now. 
Heavenly Father, we pray for Riney right now, and we pray for his daughter, Lord, as she's got cerebral palsy, as she's got these difficulties that she faces in life. We know that that's difficult for her, and we also know that it presents a lot of challenges and uh, and extra responsibilities for Riney as a parent and um, and for the family. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give them strength. We pray that you give them patience. We pray that you give them endurance and grace. And Lord, we pray for Riney's daughter, Lord, we thank you so much that she was born into this family, that you saw fit for her to be in this family where she would be loved, where she would be valued, where she'd be cared for, and where she would be prayed for. And so, Lord, we pray for her family. You would give them a lot of wisdom as she grows, that they would help her, not only physically, but they would help her spiritually, help her emotionally. And Lord, we, we, th we thank you that um, you have a unique purpose and a unique vision for Riney's daughter's life. And Lord, I pray that you would use her and you'd fulfill that purpose for her life. But we know that something like cerebral palsy is not the kind of thing that can stop your purposes from being accomplished. In fact, in some cases, Lord, you might have a special calling and special purpose for her life. And so we pray that you would help her to discover what that is and to walk in it by your strength and for your glory. We pray for her family, Lord, that you would give them strength, patience, endurance, and ability to care for their daughter. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Ronnie. Hey, thank you for calling in. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate your prayer. Absolutely. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, with the end of that call, that means we have one open line. So give us a call with your prayer requests and with your questions about the Bible. The number to call is 303 690 That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Amber in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was calling in because I had a question about um, like hair extensions and weave, makeup, and false eyelashes. Uh, so is there anywhere um, in the Bible where it says that it's a sin to wear them um, as being a reborn again believer? Um, is that something that separates you from God after, you know, passing away? Is that something that can, you know, send you to hell for doing and wear like for wearing? Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair question. Let's go ahead and answer that by, there is a Bible passage that I'm going to read to you, and then we'll talk about what it means, okay? So here's the passage. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 3. Here's what it says. Do not, this is speaking to women, by the way, and it says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham. And it says this, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, you are her children. Okay. So let's just talk about what that means. Um, it's saying this, don't let the thing that makes you beautiful be what you do with your hair or putting on a lot of jewelry or it could uh, 
I think you could bring makeup into this as well, but let your beauty, the thing that makes you special, the thing that makes you beautiful, be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. Okay. Now here's the question. Can you do, can you wear makeup, eyelashes, hair extensions, etc., and still be beautiful on the inside? I think the answer is yes, right? It's clearly, it's obviously possible to be beautiful on the outside and ugly on the inside, but is it possible? And then I would say the converse is also true. Is it possible to be ugly on the outside and beautiful on the inside? Yes. Is it possible to be both beautiful on the outside and beautiful on the inside? And I think the answer to that is yes. And I think that what the Bible is telling us, the focus on this shouldn't be don't do these things. The focus on it should be make sure that your true beauty is the imperishable beauty of the heart. And so what I would tell you is this, doing those things certainly uh, does not separate you from God per se. It doesn't, uh, it's not going to send you to hell. Uh, Rather, what God wants is for you to have a relationship with him. And there's a really important verse in 1 Samuel where God says this. He says, for God does not look at the outward things as man does, but God looks at the heart. And so here's, here's really the most important thing. It's not so much what's in your hands, or let's say in this case, what's on your face or on your head, as much as what is in your heart. And if you have that sorted out before God, then I think it's okay to do those things, but you have to ask yourself, why are you doing them? What is your motivation? What are you trying to attract? Are you doing it because you enjoy the way it makes you look and that's it? Or are you doing it because you're trying to get attention, approval, attention from certain people? And if so, who are those people and why do you want that attention? Those are the questions you need to be asking. But most importantly, the the key is that you would have a right relationship with God in your heart. Okay. Yeah, I never thought about asking those questions to myself. Um, Inwardly, I never thought about that. It was more because, you know, I felt insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't, I was just afraid that, oh, is this going to now separate me from God? Mm -hmm. But you answer that. Um, very clearly for me. Um, so I do feel better knowing I'm not going to be condemned to, you know, how for wearing makeup, because that's where I was at. I was very discouraged thinking that, that that's where I would wind up at for wearing makeup. Um, mm-hmm. So now I will reconsider thinking um, more about it, why I'm putting it on instead of just thinking that way. Yeah. And, you know, you, I think that what you just said right there, it took a lot of courage for you to say that about saying that perhaps the reason you did it was out of insecurity. Um, and I would say that uh, it's that kind of honesty which will help you to be able to move forward in relationship with God. And I'll tell you why. Because the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, actually speaks to our insecurities. I'll tell you this. I have never met a person in my life who is not insecure. Right, right now, you yeah. know who's talking? Two insecure people. I'm. I've have insecurities, and and I mean, I I think it's brave of you to admit that you have insecurities, and I guarantee that every person listening to this station right now has insecurities, and the gospel 
message of Jesus Christ speaks to our insecurities because here's what it tells us. It tells us that God looks at you and he loves you. He loves mm-hmm. you in spite of not only maybe that you don't feel that you're beautiful enough outwardly, but he mm-hmm. even sees you know, you at the ugliest part of your life inwardly, right? The ugliest thoughts you've had, the ugliest things you've done. And yeah. he still loves you enough that he sent his son. And I just want to read you a mm-hmm. verse. It's, a, it's one of my favorites. And okay. I think it speaks to this subject as well. And here's the verse. It's found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It's one of these verses where when I open my Bible, this is where my Bible almost automatically opens up to because I've, I've read this so many times. And here's what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. There's two ways of looking at this parable. Uh, one way is to say this that this treasure that's hidden in a field is God and you are the man and God wants you to sell everything you have to take hold of him. But you know what the problem is? That that's not actually what this parable means. That's how a lot of people read it. But here's how I know that's not what it means. Because in the passage right before this, there's another parable that talks about a field and it says in that parable, the field is the world. So think about this with me real quick. There's a field, the world, And within that field, there's a treasure. And that treasure, there is somebody who sees that treasure and gives everything he has in order to purchase that treasure to make it his own. Who is the man in the story? It's actually not me or you. The man in the story is God. And what he's done is he's looked at the world and he saw somebody, in this case, he saw you, Amber, and he said, that person is so beautiful, so precious to me, that I'm going to leave everything. I'll leave my heavenly glory. I'll leave my heavenly throne in order to come down and I will purchase the world in order to make Amber my own because that's how beautiful she is to me. That's how much I love her and want her to be mine. And so when you understand that, it really speaks to your insecurities because it tells you that no matter what anybody else thinks about you, God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Uh, Oh, wow. Well, that was a definitely a, a twist, a turnaround. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Wow. Well, cool. I'm gonna let you go, Amber, to get mm-hmm. to our next caller. Oh. But let me let me pray for you very quickly, and then I'll let you go. Okay. So, Lord, I pray for Amber, and I, I pray, Lord, that with her insecurities, Lord, that you would help her to turn to you and find in you the true security that she needs, not the security of of making other people think that she is beautiful, but the security of knowing that she is uh, has great value and great beauty in your eyes, so much that you would give your entire life for her. And I pray, Lord, that she would respond by giving her life to you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Amber. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. God bless you, too. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303 303- 690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. And uh, I think we have one open line right now. So give us a call with your Bible questions, with your prayer requests, 303 690 
3000. Let's go to our next caller, Dan in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing um, great. I guess I've got a two-part question. Um, when Jesus rose from the grave, it also specifies that other people came out of the graves and then walked around. I guess, what is the purpose for those other people coming out of the graves and walking around? And then I guess my second part to that is, did those people have to die again, or did they get taken up to heaven with Jesus? Or Because if they had to die again, the Bible states that man is appointed once to die and then to judgment. So I didn't know how all of that works. Yeah, no good questions. Um, yeah, Matthew 27 verses 50 through 53 is the passage in question. And I'm just going there in my Bible right now. Here's what we know. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so here's what we know. It says that um, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. So Jesus is on the cross and he yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks were split and tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now, so what is the point of this? Um, I would say that the point of this is a couple things. One of them is this, that you understand that John's gospel is really helpful in understanding the miracles of Jesus. Because if you've ever read the Gospel of John, you'll notice that John uses a word that the other Gospels don't to talk about Jesus' miracles. And that's the word signs. John says that, you know, Jesus did, the, the, it says like when he turned the water into wine. It doesn't say this was a miracle. It says this was the first of the signs by which Jesus manifested his glory. And then you go on to chapter 4 of, of John. And in the uh, very end of the chapter, after the woman at the well, it says that, this was the second sign that Jesus did in Cana by which he manifested his glory. And so John uses this throughout. Um, in fact, he used it even at the end of his letter. He said there were many other signs that Jesus did. Well, what's a sign? A sign is something that points to something else. And so how are Jesus' miracles signs? Well, what are they signs of? They are signs of the kingdom which Jesus has come to establish. And basically all of the Miracles that Jesus did, they are signs which point to the characteristics of the kingdom which is to come. So, for example, when Jesus heals a blind person, that's a sign of the kingdom to come because in the kingdom to come, there is no more blindness. When Jesus heals a person who's sick, it's a manifestation, a sign of the kingdom which is to come. It's a preview. It's a, it's a window into the kingdom that is to come because in that kingdom, there is no more sickness. You know, when Jesus... Um, the, the whole thing with the wine, what was that all about? Well, it's a sign of the kingdom which is to come in which the party will be extended forever, essentially, if you get what I'm saying. Well, so, okay, how does that apply here? Well, the dead coming up from their graves is a sign that in the kingdom to come, the power of death has been broken. But understand that Jesus, when he did these miracles on earth, right? Let's say when he healed people, they got sick again and eventually died at some point. Um, people who he raised from the dead at other times, because there were at least two, three, maybe, let's say actually there were three, three people besides this case that Jesus raised from the dead, those people then died again. 
So the purpose of the miracle, which was your first question, was to show that Jesus' resurrection, here's the preview of it, that because Jesus has risen, we too will rise. But it was a sign of what is to come, which means that, in my opinion, those people, because it literally says their bodies came up, that means that they did not have resurrection bodies. They don't have the bodies that they will have, according to First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 15, at the resurrection which is to come. So this was a preview of that resurrection, but it was not a full preview, meaning these people were raised in their same bodies, kind of like Lazarus, and then they died once again. Okay. Um, we've, we've run right into our mid-show break, so I'm going to have to either put you on hold or let you go. I'll let you uh, work that out with the producer. But if you have any follow-up questions to that, I'd be happy to take them after the break. But right now, the music there means that uh, we have to go to our two-minute mid-show break. And so for our listeners, give us a call. We've got one open line, the number to call, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you have questions about, you'd like some biblical advice or perspective on, or if you have a prayer request, please give us a call, and I'd love to pray for you on the air with so many people listening and able to say yes and amen along with us. And I'd love to answer your Bible questions if you have something you've always wondered about or something that doesn't seem to add up to you. I'd love to answer those questions here on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. That's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven for the text line. Well, let's go to our next caller. We have Jacob in Grants Pass, Oregon. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor? Doing great. How are you? Oh, uh, we're doing good here. Cool. Grants Pass is awesome. Glad to have you tuning in. Amen. Thank you for having us. Well, what can yeah, I do for we you? Have a, we have a prayer request today, Pastor. We've got my son's birthday. Uh, he's turning 10 today, and we just want to lift him up today if we could. And also, he, his own personal prayer request on his birthday was for our family. We have a blended family, and he just wanted prayer that we would have strength and more time together and, and just continue to do what the Lord has us doing up here in Grants Pass. Awesome. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jacob, and Lord, we pray for his son as he turns 10 years old today. Lord, thank you that his desire is to is to pray for his family, that he cares. And Lord, we see that uh, you're working in his heart and his life, drawing him to yourself. And we give you praise and glory for that. And Lord, we pray for his son, that this 10th year of his life would really be a major step forward spiritually, Lord, emotionally as a brother to his siblings, as a son to his parents, and Lord, as a child of God. We pray that this would be a year in which he connects with you personally 
it's not just his parents' faith, Lord. I pray that it would go beyond being just the fact that his parents love Jesus. I pray that you would build in within him his own faith and his own relationship with you, the fact that he would love you and have a relationship with you for himself. So, Lord, we pray for Jacob that you would help him to grow, that you would help him to mature spiritually and in every other way, and, Lord, that you would bless his life. Lord, I pray that you would speak to him from your word, and that when he opens the scriptures, Lord, he would sense that you are speaking to him from those words this year. And Lord, we pray for his family. We pray that as a blended family, you'd help them with the unique challenges that come along with that. And Lord, I pray that you would help their family, that they would have more time together and that they would abound in love. They would be an edifying place where people feel that they are safe and where they are built up in that family. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, shout out to U-Turn for Christ all over the country. Awesome. That's good. U-Turn's a great ministry. Man, yes, it is. All right. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. U-Turn for Christ, if you're not familiar with it, I do recommend that you check it out. It's a great ministry that helps people recovering from addiction, and they have centers in different areas around the United States. I believe there's one in Colorado Springs, but uh, maybe somebody text me or let me know if that's correct. And if there's more information out there about U-Turn for Christ, um, we'd love to share that with you. So feel free to send that in. We have a text message that came in from someone related to an earlier question. And this person says, could you please tell me the scripture you read a few minutes ago about how God loves us and left everything in order to redeem us, the treasure in the field metaphor. Thanks, and I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. So um, the address for that, if you will, is Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It's literally one verse. So good, good stuff there in one verse. And it's actually a series of parables about the kingdom. They're called the kingdom parables. And there's four parables right there in those uh, in that one section, which are all really, really good, and I recommend them for you. So check out the kingdom parables in Matthew 13. But that particular one was Matthew 13, verse 44. And this person says, also, please pray for um, her. She recently lost her mom. Her name's Meglin. She recently lost her mom who went to be with the Lord, and it's been very hard on her family. So let's pray for them right now. Lord, we pray for Meglin, and we pray, Lord, that you would be with her as she's lost her mom, and she's not only grieving the loss of her mom, but missing her this Mother's Day. So, Lord, we pray for her that you would be with her. Uh, we pray for her family, Lord, that you would fill the void that's left by their mother with your presence, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself, and, Lord, that you would give them just comfort and peace that goes beyond all understanding, and that it would be a blessing for their family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, this is, uh, let me just say this. So you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, we've got two open lines, by the way. Number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Maria in Franktown, Colorado. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? Um, what, I, what, what I'm questioning, I guess, is like, I didn't commit adultery or anything, but I, 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 failed, I failed my children in a few ways. And um, we've been estranged for five years, my two girls. And is there a point, like with David in his life, that 
the the consequence for his sin is just that that's what it was and is and there his his kids turned out the way they did and there's no hope um for that or is it that david david failed to continue to pray or 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 for his children or what exact i don't understand all that yeah so that that all takes place in second samuel i recently just taught through this i did a class on first and second samuel at our church so it's pretty fresh in my memory so if you're looking for the passages it's all in second samuel and um there's actually a really interesting verse that I want to just point out to you. And it's in second Samuel chapter 11, where David is told that because of his actually, I'm sorry, it's uh, chapter 12. So it's chapter 12. Um, David is told that because of his sin with Bathsheba, there are going to be consequences. Now, some of those consequences um, do play out in regard to his family. But here's the thing. If you read the, the rest of what comes after that, what you find out is that David had many, many chances to turn this around. It was not a fatalistic thing where God's like, hey, because you messed up, now uh, you are just going to have these bad things happen with your family and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it and you're just along for the ride. Not at all. Uh, in fact, what we see is that the pr that there were several times where David stood at a fork in the road and he took a certain path with his actions and that path led to the problems that happened with his children. The first of those was in regard to a uh, what's called Amnon. Amnon is his son, by the way. Amnon and Tamar, who was his daughter. Now, they were half-siblings, but what happened is that David didn't protect his daughter. And then after Amnon essentially molested his sister, what happens after that is that David didn't step up and discipline Amnon. And then David didn't follow through. He wasn't consistent in how he dealt with his son Absalom, who went then and killed his brother Amnon. And you see that over and over and over, David lacked discipline and he lacked the the ability to be willing to do the hard thing and protect his children, but he even didn't protect the nation from his children because his son Absalom uh, had very bad intentions and David kind of just let, let him do whatever he wanted. And so what we see with David is that, okay, the bad things that happened with David's kids, were they a punishment from God? Well, no, in this case, they were the consequences of David's actions. And there were many times along the path where he could have done things which would have helped the situation, and yet he didn't. And so that would be my advice to you is this. The good news is you are not in a fatalistic situation. You're not in a situation where um, this is just how it is and there's nothing you can do. I would say David's problem was not that he didn't pray enough for his kids. David's problem was that his actions, um, you know, I would say that he was a bit timid in his actions, unwilling to do the, the things that he should have done before the Lord because they were difficult decisions to make. Like disciplining your children is not uh, anything that a parent delights in, and yet it's for the good of the child, in this case, David. Now, that may not apply to your particular situation, but my point is simply this. The good news for you in your situation is that you're not locked into some kind of fatalistic punishment where there's nothing you can do about it and you're just along for the ride. 
The good news is there are decisions you can make in wisdom, and God promises that if anybody needs wisdom and they don't have it, they should ask him for it, and he will give it to them. That's in the book of James. And so I just want to pray for you and uh, pray for the situation, and I would say that the number one thing that helps in reconciliation, in my experience, is humility. So anything that you have, uh, any, any way in which you can express humility and contrition and, and also show them that, you know, you really are, are willing to reconcile this relationship. I think that would help. There's a famous saying, I said it in church the other day here in Longmont, and that is this, that in order for, well, let's put it, start here. Sin causes separation. And that's true in regard to God. It's also true in regard to relationships. Sin causes separation, but in order for restoration to take place, somebody's got to die. Now, we see that principle at work with Jesus, right? In order for us to be restored to relationship with God, Jesus had to die. But you know what? It's also true in our relationships with other people. Um, if there's a broken relationship, if somebody has done something wrong, somebody's got to die, meaning somebody's got to die to themselves, die to themselves and humble themselves before that other person, humble themselves before God in order for that, for restoration and reconciliation to take place. So th those are my thoughts on that. And uh, if you have so any much. questions, I'd be happy to answer sure. them. If not, I'll sure. pray for you. Oh, no, you, you answered a lot and, and um, there's still hope. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's what, that's what I heard is that David, David had opportunities. I have opportunities. That's right. So I, I appreciate that so much and well, understanding all that because I've been reading it and it's just been, it's just been, you know, like, whoa, you know? So, so I thank you for, for clarifying that very much. My pleasure. Would you, could I pray for you? Oh, absolutely. All right, Lord, we pray for Maria, and just we hear the heartbreak in her voice that she wants to be in a good relationship with her with her children. And so, Lord, we pray for her. We pray for her girls, Lord. Whatever has happened in their relationship that has led to this estrangement, Lord, we pray that on their part there would be a willingness to forgive. And I pray for Maria on her part, Lord, that you'd bring her to a place of willingness to to humble herself if that's what's needed. But I also pray for her that you give her wisdom with how to act and how to walk through this situation in the way that will lead to blessing and reconciliation. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. My pleasure. God bless you, Maria. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. With that, we have one open line, and the number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Roberta in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Roberta. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? Well, um... I've called once before. Um, it was a different guy talking, but um, it was so powerful because I asked for prayers. And uh, the very next day, the thing that I we asked for prayers about happened, and um, it was so powerful. And I, 
I feel like I'm very, I'm, I'm a desperate mm. mother calling on behalf of my son who is battling these symptoms of long COVID. And I know there are many others out there like him and they're not sick enough to be in a hospital, mm. but they, they're very sick and they, they, uh, it's affecting lots of their bodily systems, their brain, their heart, their lungs. They have chronic headaches and fatigue and heart arrhythmia and lung issues and difficulty even catching their breath still. And, but, you know, what they go to, he's gone to the ER numerous times and they always just send him away and say it's anxiety and take an anxiety pill. And, and he knows it's not. And um, so he's having trouble. Um, he has a fencing business and he's not able to do that anymore. And, um, I don't know. He's getting really depressed, and I'm just sad because he was just starting to turn, turn back to the Lord. And mm. I was, we were praying with him, and my husband and I were praying with him. And I feel like there's some spiritual warfare going on, and I feel like Satan's just trying to snatch him away. And he's angry, and he he feels horrible. He doesn't. He hasn't. He said he hasn't really slept in about a year. He can't sleep anymore, and he feels he, his head is very. He seems like a zombie to me, and um, I'm just worried about him. And I doctors haven't been helping, and I I know the scriptures say, have the elders when somebody's sick, have the elders pray over them. And I reached out to a church we used to attend. We're sort of in the middle of churches now, and I don't feel like I have a close connection to a body, a group of elders, but. I, so I was hoping you could pray, and maybe there might be other people out there listening that could join in prayer and and help. And I I, I want prayers for all the people silently sure. struggling at home with these symptoms that aren't bad enough to have to go be hospitalized, but they're really affecting their lives. Sure. And, well, let, let's do that right now. Lord, I pray for Roberta and I pray for her son. And obviously we can hear the struggle and the frustration and uh, the fact that she's kind of come to the end of herself and her patience and, and everything that she's got in her resources. And so, Lord, we turn to you because we know, Lord, that you are able to do this. You are able to fix this problem. Lord, you're able to heal her son. You're even able to speak through the cloud of confusion over, uh, you know, it's been caused by a lack of sleep for over a year. Lord, we pray that uh, you would break through this disease, first of all. We pray for his physical healing. We pray that he would be well in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that the these uh, long COVID symptoms that he's been experiencing, Lord, that you would take them away, just even in an instant, and Lord, that you would do so in a way that you get the glory, that he understands that, Lord, this is you, God, who care about him and have heard his prayer. You've manifested the kingdom which is to come here and now in his life by taking away this disease. And we pray that, Lord, you would do that in Jesus' name. But we also know that so many times you have a purpose with allowing people to go through difficult and hard things. And that's why your word tells us to uh, not only put up with these things, but even that we can rejoice for the fact that we go through these kinds of things. And Lord, that might be very hard for Roberta's son to understand or even comprehend or even go into that place in his mind just yet. But Lord, I do pray that he would come to that place of understanding and seeing all the good that you want to work through this situation. 
And Lord, that it would cause him to long for the salvation that you promise, which isn't just salvation for a better life here and now. It's salvation for all of eternity in which there will be no more sickness, suffering, and death. And so, Lord, I pray for him that you would help him, that he would be encouraged. And Lord, even that he would come to a point where he would be able to say, this was in spite of the physical difficulty, in spite of the emotional exhaustion, this was actually one of the best times in my life because God used it to accomplish something within me. Lord, I pray that you bring him to that point. And I pray that you would bind the enemy who wants to lie to him and who wants to twist his thinking about these things. Lord, I pray that he would be able to see you in your goodness and your grace in the midst of his suffering and sickness. And Lord, we do pray for his healing, but we also pray for his soul. Lord, we pray that you would reach in and take hold of his heart. And Lord, that uh, you would hear our prayers, we ask, and that you would do a mighty work in Roberta's son's life. I also pray for Roberta, Lord. Give her wisdom with how to help and minister to her son during this time. Lord, we pray for those out there who are are silently suffering with uh, either long COVID or other ailments, Lord, and just they're struggling to to understand why this is happening to them. They're frustrated and they're, they're struggling in their faith. Lord, we pray that you would reach these people and that you would speak to their hearts and you'd bring comfort and you'd help them to understand the purpose that you might have in the midst of this pain. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so My grateful pleasure. for your ministry. Thank you. My pleasure. And Roberta, you know, keep keep asking for prayer. Keep calling in and get connected to some, some local believers who can pray for you in person. I'm sure that, you know, a lot of places there in Thornton uh, exist where you can go in and you can be ministered to. Yes, thank you so much. Thank okay. you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Amen. All right, bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to Bradford in Commerce City, Colorado. Hi, Bradford. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Cady. Hello, brother. Um, my question is simply, um, I was always taught and throughout my whole life by many great theologians that the book of Revelation was in chronological order being the first three, speaking of the churches, uh, and then chapter four, it speaks of the words after this, after what, after we're gone, pretty much there. And then it speaks of the seven spirits of God around the throne. And then chapters four and five, kind of pre, pre-tribulation, and then six through 19 are the tribulation. My question is this, in chapters two of Revelation, the church of Smyrna, it's speaking in, in verse 10 specifically, it says, fear none of those things which... Thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and that ye have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee unto thee a crown of life. My question is, if that's in Revelation 2, verse 10, and it's in chronological order, 2 is clearly before 3, and so forth and so on, how is that in there? Is it just an overview? Is there a convergence of a lot of things happening at once? With Revelation, can you explain that? And we're still here in that, but I thought we're gone. But that kind of is indicative that we may be here and go through some of that stuff. Can you can you kind sure. of dissect that, please? Yeah. So, okay. Um, the reason, one of the reasons why we believe that Revelation takes place in a chronological order is because of verse nineteen of chapter one. Chapter one nineteen, John is instructed by Jesus to write the things that he has seen. So that's chapter one. And that is what? The revelation of Jesus Christ, where he gets this vision of Jesus. 
That takes place in the verses previous to that one. Then he says, then right, so the things you have seen, then those things that are now, and then the things which are to take place after this. And that phrase after this in Greek, meta tauta, which as you mentioned, the things that take place after what? Well, after we are taken out, because chapter four begins with these words in Greek, meta tauta. So it's again, that same thing after this. And then what, what happens in chapter four? Well, it seems that John experiences the rapture. So he gets like a preview or he gets, you know, to experience it ahead of time. And he gets to experience the rapture of the church up into heaven. And from heaven, he watches the things that then take place on the earth after the rapture, which is, as you mentioned, the tribulation period um, and then the triumph of Jesus. Now, what does that leave us with in chapters two and three? Well, it leaves us with seven letters to seven churches, but following that the same outline that I gave you from Revelation 1.19, this also speaks to the age which we are currently in. So basically everything up until the rapture is what we would call the age of the church. Now, this age is not specified to us. We don't know how long it is. We, we know that we're in it right now, um, but we don't know how long it will be, right? It could be another five minutes and it could be another 50 years or it could be more. And so um, I think it's very clear throughout the New Testament that God does not want us to know when that time will be that the rapture will take place. And the reason he doesn't want us to know is because he wants every single generation to live their lives with a sense of urgency that can only come from knowing that it could all uh, come down any moment. Right, so there there needs to be a sense of urgency, a sense of living in the moment. You know, he doesn't want anybody to say, "Oh, it's not going to be for another hundred years." Well, then I'll take my foot off the gas. Right? He wants it to be that, "Hey, it could be in five minutes. It could be tomorrow. So live as if this is your last day. You know, spread the gospel as if there's not much time left, because there isn't much time left. But how much time there is, I'm not going to tell you exactly. So what that means is that the seven letters they apply. I would say this: they apply first of all to seven specific churches in the specific events that they were facing at that time. The other uh, thing I would say is that they also speak to the church in general during this age of the church, if you will. So this is after Jesus' ascension, but prior to the, prior to the rapture. Um, they speak to the church during that time period, which means they speak to us in the things we're going through. Now, we know that uh, there were many things, like you mentioned, chapter 2, verse 10, written to the church in Smyrna, which is in Asia Minor, that's present-day Turkey. And so it says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. So what happened around this time? Well, we know that the book of Revelation was written in about 90 AD. And what took place after this? Well, there was waves of persecution. And a lot of the persecution in the Roman Empire, this is what a lot of people don't understand about persecution in the Roman Empire. They happened in waves, and they were generally not, um, they didn't happen over the entire empire, right? So it wasn't just like a policy, like, like in the United States, you know, somebody might make a policy and that policy affects everybody who lives in the United States, but there can also be local policies. And definitely when you look at the Roman persecutions, there were uh, some, some big policy persecutions, like in the time of Nero, but even Nero's persecution was mostly centered around the city of Rome. Then there were different people, different governors and different local authorities in different parts of the empire who persecuted people at different times. 
And so it just kind of was like depended on who the governor was and how he thought about and treated Christians. It wasn't generally like empire wide. Uh, now there were a few like that, like Diocletian, for example, but that was later on. My point is just to say this, he's writing to a church saying, do not fear what you are about to suffer. The, the devil's about to throw some of you in prison. So it may be tested for 10 days and you will have tribulation. Now that tribulation just means, you know, Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. That doesn't mean that believers are going through the great tribulation. It means in this world, you're going to have hard times. You're going to have trials. There's a difference between tribulation in general and the tribulation, which is to come. So I could see where you're going with that saying, okay, is this referring to the tribulation, which is talked about later on in revelation? My answer to you would be, I don't believe that it is. I believe that this is talking more in general about tribulation for the church and those who live in the church age, right? A verse like that is going to be very applicable to people who live in certain places in the world at different times over the past 2000 years, but it's also going to be applicable to the church in Smyrna about a local persecution that took place in their specific area after the time when this letter was written. Outstanding. Uh, yes, it's crystal clear, Brother Casey, or Katie there, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you, you broke that down, and I, I get it now. I, I just that always kind of was a hang-up for me there, and I, I wonder about other people too as well. But uh, you're Perfect. clearly a learned man. We, we uh, praise God for, for your brain. God is certainly working through you to educate us, so keep up the good work, brother. Uh, you're very kind. Thank you very much, and God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, um, just that's what the show's all about, you know, bringing clarity to those things that have been nagging questions for you. So glad that we could do that for so many of you today. I love these shows that are just uh, packed full of calls. If you didn't get through today, uh, tune in Monday through Friday next week, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. We're here to answer your questions and pray for your prayer requests. God bless you. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday, by the way, at Whitefields, Mother's Day. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com, 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11, online at 9.30 and 11. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.